the key was, Tessa, that I didn't make a story about it. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was. I had to be free in myself with the decision that I was going to be at peace with it. And that was really crucial for me. Like, I didn't make it mean anything about who I was or, and that actually has really stuck with me since then. Hi there. My name is Tessa Lynn Auburn. Welcome to Say Yes to Your Soul. This is where we're going to talk about how you can get past your spiritual plateaus, raise your feminine energy, and express your true self with sparkle. Aloha! Today I have a lovely woman who is here to enlighten us, to have some fun, I know for sure. She's always fun to be with and inspiring, creative. Her name is Dewi Miley Lim, and she helps to guide trailblazing luminary women to stand out as thought leaders, build flourishing communities, grow partnerships, and to thrive during this time of great change on the planet. And as a visionary artist and transformational coach, she works one-to-one and in groups, and she leads a lot of things online and in-person workshops as well. She does masterminds and painting vision quests. Dewi is the founder of the New Earth Luminary and Rebel Heart Creatrix Mind. She's passionate about the intersection of creativity, consciousness, expansion, Sovereign Living and Planetary Awakening. So, Dewi, I am so glad to have you here, my aloha sister. Welcome to Say Yes to Your Soul. Mm, I say yes, and thank you, thank you. Mahalo and aloha, everyone, and Tessa's beautiful community. I'm so grateful and honored to be here with you. Well, we're excited, and we were, you know, you and I have been getting to know each other more and more over the last few years. And every time I hear about some part of your journey, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's so great. I can't wait to have her on my show. And so I know you've got kind of a big personal story around something you'd been focusing on and focusing on, and then you had a big breakthrough around it. And so I'd love for you to just go ahead and share that part of your story with us, Dewey. Yes. So I'm originally born and raised in Hilo, Hawaii, and that is where I'm currently based. And I did live for about 20 years off island, first in California for college. And then I wanted to live in a big city and I chose New York City. And through that time of living in New York, I was actually even bi-coastal I did my first spiritual training through a university called the University of Santa Monica, and I got my master in spiritual psychology in 2004, and I was one of the younger people at the time in the group. I was in my 20s, and shortly after that, or during the time of that program, it was really an awakening, a time of awakening for me, one of my awakening times. And I met a spiritual teacher in New York City through a friend who she realized she had anger issues and she started going to meditation and she told me about the meditations and I was like starting to get into yoga. And so I started going to this meditation center in New York. Fast forward, you know, 13 years later, I was an ordained minister. 
with that particular organization. And I had decided to join the seminary and get my master in divinity, which would have been my second master at this point with a spiritual focus. And five years into that experience, I literally got sick. And this was a time where I was working hard to try and get the thesis uh, bound and shipped off. I had already gotten the written part approved, but yeah, my health just started to go down. And at the third time of the trying to get it printed the third time, because it had like media in it, I created a whole online show with my spiritual teacher about the teachings. And it was like my first push to create content online. I had 10 episodes and it actually, I believe it still airs now to this day on cable access in New York City. Oh my goodness, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, that was a part of it. And so this thesis was the written part about this journey. So it already like basically got all of the content shipped and it was already out there. And I realized, you know, I took a break at that point because I was trying to get it done by the end of the year. I got sick, I took a break. And I realized in that process when I was back in home in Hawaii, because I would always come back for the winters, that my reasoning for finishing the program and finishing the degree was just because I started it and I should finish it. And there was a should in there that I became very aware of, like, why, why do I even want to do this? You know, I didn't feel like I needed the degree. And so I decided to let it go. And I also let go with all of my involvement at the same time with the organization and just decided to really take time to reassess my life. And so that became like a four year, four and a half year next phase of my life. I was in a relationship. As you were speaking just now, my eyes were tearing up because I mean, I understand the commitment and everything you must have been going through, first of all, to even choose something right? To go to get your master's in divinity. Yeah. Where spirit is so active and, you know, you had to have been listening to yourself and you're working with your meditation teacher and all these things. And then going through the struggle of the content for the thesis just over and over three times. I mean, that's a bit much. And then suddenly though, somehow you knew like my heart's not in this. It's feeling like a should. Like, tell us more about that. Like, what were some of those signs? And what was that moment like for you when you were like, oh, it's a should? Yeah. Well, at the time, I had gotten into a new relationship and he was very helpful for reflecting back to me, just like, you know, not in a way where I just started to ask myself some questions, basically inspired by my partner at the time. And what I really started to look at was, yeah, just, you know, why am I doing this? You know, what's in it for me? And, you know, I believe that with my education, because I've always been a consummate learner, and I loved always being in programs and courses. And I just realized, like, even with saying yes to being a minister, it wasn't really something that I was like, oh, I want to be a minister of this path. You know, it was like my teacher at the time was encouraging me to do it. And I didn't really like, I did it because I believed because he asked me to. And 
of course I have free will and I take full responsibility for that decision. But even with the joining the seminary and the, the ministerial process, like it was like, well, this is the path I'm on and this is where it's leading and let me follow through. And then I was just like, no, I don't have to. Like there was something that shifted in me where I just let go of any judgment about me stopping, quitting, if you will. I mean, you could look at it as quitting, but I just decided it was no longer in alignment. And the key was, Tessa, that I didn't make a story about it. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was. I had to be free in myself with the decision that I was going to be at peace with it. And that was really crucial for me. Like, I didn't make it mean anything about who I was or, and that actually has really stuck with me since then. Like I've been unraveling meaning around like stories and what it means about myself. If like, I don't follow through or I've really released a lot of that additional, the weight that comes if something happens to us, or there's a point in our journey where it's like a pivotal moment and maybe we shift course and it's a completely different outcome than we would have expected. Like, and maybe it's an outcome that we wouldn't have preferred necessarily, but I really have become my own best advocate in that way where I'm not making myself wrong for any of my past, you know, and and that was really a crucial moment for me when I decided to do that. That's beautiful. So I'm hearing a couple of things between the lines here. So part of what you're saying is around not attaching to the identity of the learner or the one who achieves the degree or the one who is the maybe even the apprentice or the mentee of the leader. So you were letting go of stories and meanings around doing and you listen to yourself, and you were also asking some really interesting questions, it sounds like, along the lines of your values, right? Like, what, why am I doing this? And what does this actually mean to me? And at some point, that all just fell away. Yeah, yeah. It was a real time of kind of release. And I was doing a lot of work, too, with my family of origin. And it was interesting, too, because even though I had been a part of that spiritual tradition for 13 years, I still had trauma from within my family history that, to me, was untouched. And it wasn't a focus to do the emotional work in that path. It was more like focus, focus above, like, don't, you know, if the feelings and the thoughts come up, like, that was, it was a refocusing technique that I would do. And I still had that work to do. I still had work to do that was unhealed. And so that also was kind of a a light bulb moment to me as well. Like, oh, like I'm not actually quote as far along as I thought in terms of my own emotional maturity and my nervous system around like the anger, sadness, and fear that I still had in my body that I was still experiencing. And so that was also like, oh, okay, like, let me focus here now. It was a shift in my own inner reference point of like what I then, the inner work that I started to do from that point on shifted into more of this 
trauma release focus. Well, that's amazing that you were able to, you were really conscious of what was happening. And it wasn't the family way, the traditional way to directly look at those things. And you'd been, as you said, you looked above, like I'm imagining that's a reference to like looking to spirit. Yes. Yeah. And so the focusing point was on the upper part of the third eye. So it was like, you're going to that. Yes. Some could call it a spiritual bypass kind of a technique. Uh, Yes. That was the way that path was. And I learned so much from it. I'm so grateful that I was a part of it. And I'm still on good terms with the founder and his wife and nothing bad to say about any of them. And it just no longer was a fit. And I think I like to put in context the conversations I have Tessa, with these times that we're living in, you know, you mentioned it through my bio, like that the women I'm supporting, they feel like they came here for this time in some way. And so how that relates to where we are in my journey right now, in this moment with you in this conversation, Tessa is like, I believe that it's like, if we have an inner knowing that something is off, or that there's needs to be a shift or a pivot in our life, that we go for that. It's imperative that we follow that line of inspiration and that glimmer, because if we don't, we're coming from a place of attachment to our past identity. And we have the power in any given moment to like completely rebirth into this version of ourselves that could delight and surprise us, you know, if we allow ourselves to be in that trust point. Even if you've done something for 20, 30 years one way, it doesn't mean that you can't shift in your whole reality, your entire focus. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh, this is so delicious. All this resonance that I'm feeling right now, like you're talking about, you know, not being in the older attachments and not the old identity and being in the trust point and Something that you were referring to a few minutes ago was making me think about forgiveness. Oh, yeah. I love forgiveness. Yeah. And to me, that's really connected to being solid within a trust point, right? We have to be able to trust. And often, one of the only ways to get to that place is through forgiveness. Would you like to add some things here around this? Yeah, well, to give my former teacher that we've been referring to here credit, he would say, forgiveness is being forgiving to yourself. You become an advocate for your own liberation. And so those are my words. (laughs) But that's how I see forgiveness is like, if there's any, and that is the power of the present moment, like sometimes that Forgiveness act is what we need to do in order to be free in the moment, you know, and I believe forgiveness, no matter what, it starts with the self, because I do feel that there is this visceral experience of oneness, a field of like, we are part of the one in our own individual expression. And so when I forgive myself, you know, I'm freeing myself from the judgment or the story that I made about that other person, if there's someone else involved, that I even allowed myself to get into that situation, 
you know, so there is the forgiveness of other. I totally believe it. we can get fully free just inside ourselves without even having to involve the other. And then from that point, we're able to then have that spaciousness. These days, I'm speaking to it as like returning to this place of divine innocence. Mm. Because if we're able to just see that we are all doing the best we were doing at the time, if there's other people involved, you know, I was doing the best given the information I had and the trauma that I had and whatever led me to that moment, right? If there's like this moment that I'm working through in the past. And so it allowing me to just let that go and start clean. It's like the remembrance of that innocent part of myself that's always been in grace. So that's where I've been taking myself and those that I work with to nowadays, you know, just to tap back into that field. And I believe that, you know, the way that we've been working things on the planet obviously isn't working. It's not, wait, really? (laughs) (laughs) Newsflash. (laughs) If we weren't on the same page before, maybe we're on the same page now, everyone. (laughs) Basically, it's like even just doing this inner work and this inner liberation and the remembrance of the innocence, like that, if that's the only thing we do and commit ourselves to, that is automatically freeing others on the planet to do the same. I mean, there's an energetic reality that happens when we get free, you know? Yes. I'm sure you've heard stories, Tessa, of, you know, a mom doing her inner work and then automatically the son does his healing too. Absolutely. No, right? So this quantum field that we all affect. That's right. None of us is an island and the deep work that we do releases those energetic grids. I mean, that's kind of like how I think about it. All right. This is so luscious. I just want to ask you... Would you be willing to share a specific piece, a specific thing that you needed to forgive yourself for so that our listeners here today can kind of grasp it in their own relatable way? (sighs) Well, something that's coming up that's a little bit of a different angle here was, and I might cry, (laughs) with my dad. He was on his deathbed. This was back in 2015. And he was working on a project for 30 years, a coffee table book, a flowering tropical plants photography book. And I'd always been like a big cheerleader for him to complete the book. And then when he left his body or right before that, he asked me, you know, I was like, dad, do you want me to help you get this, bring this book to life? And he's like, yes. So that was an agreement that I made with him. And here I am like eight years later and I haven't done the book. And the forgiveness piece came in, Tessa, where I just made it okay that, you know, he didn't leave me any funds to do this book. Like I couldn't do the book. I haven't been able to do the book up until now and I haven't been willing to do the book. And it's just because I said I would with my dad, I had to forgive myself for in that moment of like distrust, making that agreement with them because I didn't, you know, I was like, well, how are we going to get this done, dad? Like I was just like in that emotional state. And so I really had to do that inner work of saying, you know, I forgive myself for judging myself for in that moment, like, you know, just point blank agreeing to this huge project that it was rough for me to, to let it go. 
And there's more to that story that I won't go into a lot of people involved and a lot of people expecting this book. Eight years later, now I I just found like this amazing print on demand. The technology for creating these types of books is much more user-friendly these days. So like, I just found this tool. I had to let that go and trust that like, if I was meant to do something with my dad's photography, like I would come back to it. And so I had to do that forgiveness and let that agreement go with my father and forgive myself for not doing it too, you know, like the judgment around like, I'm a bad daughter, or like, you never follow through on things or whatever, you know, that storyline that we can tap into to make ourselves wrong. And so that's a pretty like poignant, yes. <laughs> uh, poignant one there for me. And now I am like eight years later, like I said, I'm visiting the project. And so I found a way to make it much more cost effective. And, you know, I can also work with my dad now and be like, okay, dad, I'm going to do this my way. You know, you're not here to guide the project, but I am going to, I'm going to give your photos life and bring them to the world on my terms. I love that. So some people might say, well, you didn't let up on your agreement because you're going to do it anyway. But that's not what we're talking about here. What happened for you was you needed to forgive yourself. So you felt free inside and not trapped by the burden of a promise made through high emotions. And then trusting that it was all going to be okay even though there were undoubtedly many family members and other people counting on things happening a certain way, unfolding in a certain timeline, looking a specific way. And I love how when we go through that forgiveness process, like really, and I I love that you also highlighted this, Dewey, that part of the forgiveness, it wasn't just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to forgive myself for saying yes to my dad. It was like really deep stuff where you're like, wow, I really forgive my essence, my emotional self, my spiritual self, my daughter self, all these parts of me who wanted to say yes and did say yes back then, but couldn't see the bigger picture and recognizing that you were doing the very best you could in that moment. And now... You get to, because you've done all that release work, all that forgiving and finding that freedom inside yourself, now you can do it from an authentic place, not just from a role of trying to fulfill something for somebody else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you for breaking that down a little more and kind of seeing the nuances there. I agree. And it's, again, very similar, I think, underlying kind of energetic to the first story told about the master's degree, you know, it's like, where are we coming from with what we're doing? Like, is it from a place of shoulds and have tos? And because I said so in the past, and I have to push through and get it done? Or is that really serving? What's the fuel source? My fuel sources in both of those experiences were, well, I said I would, and this is the path I'm on, and I'm almost ready to complete it, and why wouldn't I? And, but, you know, even if we're, like I said, 20 years into something, (laughs) doesn't mean we have to keep pushing through just to push through. Absolutely not. I am in 100% agreement with you on that. 
And I think this is important for my listeners to hear today this message, right? This is really a message of authenticity and trusting in the self no matter what you think the promises are that you've made that are just unchangeable promises, they are not. Everything can be changed, right? Yeah. We can renegotiate our commitments. I like thinking of it that way. Yes. Based on truth, based on inner truth and interconnectedness and inner beingness. And this is just such a beautiful conversation today. I know that there's many more, there are many more things that you and I could be sharing and bringing to the forefront. But I think this was really juicy day we to get some of my ladies really thinking about what are some of those promises they could maybe start letting up on themselves, right? Like starting to really question, just be in the question of, ah, oh, is there another way for me to do this that would be more authentic? Or is there some way I could get more support so I can be more authentic? Whatever it is, to start that process in some way. Yeah, yeah, to let ourselves off the hook, to give ourselves permission to at least even to start if it seems insurmountable in terms of like, how am I going to do this? And this is my life identity, even how do I shift? Like just to even consider the alternative, like you don't even have to commit to like taking a step outwardly, but if you can allow your consciousness and vision to go to the side of like, okay, what is like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, if there is fear present with like making a shift in our lives, like, and let yourself kind of go down a trajectory. And then what is the best outcome that could happen? And let yourself go down that trajectory to at least let yourself see what's possible, you know, and, and that way too, going down that path of like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? Like you've exercised that potential reality, but you don't have to have that be what happens you know, but it's like addressing the fear beforehand so that you can be like, okay, that's what that would be like. And this is what I choose. And okay, what is it going to be like at the highest level expression and timeline and outcome? You know, what would I prefer? Mm. So that would be a great place to start just to that as an exercise. I love that. And you know, I was going to ask you for a tip or guidance, but I think you just said it. There we go. <laughs> this, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, and this is a very powerful practice. This piece about the imagining of the worst, what could happen, and then imagining the best that could happen and seeing what new possibilities come in and new feelings and new openings into another reality. Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself that gift, you know, and then. You get to decide from that place of like the spectrum of experience, like, okay, what do I prefer? And it is a trust process, you know, it is because even at that highest level vision that you would prefer, it's probably not going to look exactly like that, to be honest. <laughs> at least like you can hold that vision, but the way that it unfolds, like, it might have some shifts and turns and meanderings and yes, messiness, the messiness. Yeah. And the key is like, okay, how am I being with myself? And am I, you know, does require that checking in that litmus test, like continual, you know, it's like course correction along the way. And it's a big trust. Like what we're being called to right now is a big, big 
capital T trust, you know, to be able to like, if it's important to you to be the fully expressed version of yourself in this lifetime and to do the work or if even to be who you came here to be is like a soul having a human experience, then there is a lot of courage required in that to be able to maybe go against the grain of, you know, Mm -hmm. Yes. And I want to thank you because you've been vulnerable and courageous here today in the telling of your story. Because I know you weren't planning on telling all of that. No. (laughs) And yeah, I really just want to acknowledge you for your courage here today and sharing that with our listeners, Dewey. My pleasure, Tessa. Yeah. I pray it helps the exact woman or listener, whoever's listening. I pray that it reaches those that could be touched and supported by this. Yes. Thank you for that. So, Dewey, how can our listeners get in touch with you if they'd like to connect? Yeah. So, I love connecting, Tessa knows this about me, with women who feel like they came here for these times There's like some inner nudge or awareness that you're here to be a bridge builder in some way that you're aware that this is an awakening planet. And so coming back to the self is the way that we're going to need to get through this. (laughs) The time of the outer guru is, I believe, no longer. It's really we need to become our own that for ourselves and to source from that intuition and inner knowing. And so I have a free gift that can assist you to do this. And it's actually a play shop. So my background is as a transformational artist and guide. And I love working with a process that I've learned along the way called intentional creativity. So I use art as a way to connect within and to process and access consciousness within myself that might not be able to be accessed in other ways. And so this gift is called You Oracle, Create Your Handmade Oracle Deck. And it's a beautiful play date that you can schedule with yourself or with a friend. And I provide the material lists and you can go ahead and create your own deck and based on a story that you're looking to transform. And so whatever has come up for you during this conversation today between Tessa and I, you can actually, if you've thought about how this applies to your own life, you can actually use that story to find the oracles of your own inner wisdom within it through this experience. So the link to it will be in the show notes. It's bit.ly forward slash Oracle deck workshop. And then I'm also very active on LinkedIn and you have a YouTube channel as well. And so those are the couple places where I most like to play. And I would love to continue. If this resonated with you, reach out and let me know. I would love to meet you. Mm. Well, Dewey, we're so glad that you were here today and you opened your heart and you just speak so fluently. I just love the wisdom that comes from your youthful being. And I'm really enjoying getting to know you even more as a sister here to usher in women into the greater trust of themselves. Thank you and mahalo. Mahalo. Thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate you, Tessa. Mm. 
Lots of light, lots of love, and thank you for saying yes to your soul. Bye-bye for now.